Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and today uh, talking about Man United's 4-1 defeat away in the Premier League against Manchester City, the Manchester Derby. Um, ah dear, um, where do I want to start? I've got so many thoughts swirling around in my head, I just have to pick one of them and start talking about them. Obviously it was a shambles. Um, but here's here's the thing with 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 this this specific defeat. Now I do believe that we have improved under Ralph Ragnett. Uh, you know the post Ollie Ollie's you know gone. Ralph's come in. Okay, there's been an adjustment period, etc. etc. Um, but we have been doing better. We've still been struggling in games, but. It's. I think it's been the case where like we've struggled against teams like Southampton, Burnley, Middlesbrough, Watford. Um, we got obviously the draw against Atletico Madrid. I looked at this specific game today, and it's not nice to watch your team play and expect them to lose. But, like, because Man City scored in, what was it, the first five minutes, I think? Yeah, scored in the first five minutes. And when the first goal went in, which is the De Bruyne goal, I didn't really have an emotion. Because I went into this game thinking, okay, sure, we could win. Like, there's no reason we can't win. I mean, yeah, Man City are a better coached, better quality team. And they're obviously currently at the top of the Premier League table, and they still are. They are a better team than us. But teams that are better than other teams have lost games of football. Like, any anyone can win a game of football. So, of course, yes, there was a percentage and a possibility that we could have won this game. We didn't, obviously. But then there's the other side of like, okay, if we do lose this game. Because there's losing and then there's losing badly, right? And we lost badly. We lost very, very badly today. And I looked at the situation and thought, okay, if we lose in a better way, so like we perform better, I won't be surprised. If we lose this game and perform really badly, I still won't be surprised. And there was the glimmer of hope, you know, with the 1-1 goal, the really good goal from Sancho. And I thought, okay, cool. There's, you know, we can score goals. <laughs> you know, that is a thing that you can do. But then after that, and Man City started picking up a gear, and you just could see it. Like, even for football fans aren't as sort of, haven't watched as much football as like I have, or, you know, aren't as familiar with football, could probably look at it, like the average person, what I'm kind of saying, could probably look at this game and be like, wow, Man City are like passing the ball around, and they're really patient. Um, they're very, very confident in not just themselves, but each other as teammates. And obviously, you know, now and again in this game, Man City would make a sloppy pass or they would lose the ball because, you know, teams can still do that. But you just look at the way that we were playing when we had the ball and you look at the way the Man City are playing and second half was... I mean, some people make jokes about, like, oh, it was like a training match. It, it it kind of was for them. Like, Man City, it's a bit like, you know when you're winning 5-1 or something on FIFA, right? And you know you've won the game. Like, you know you have. You've got the complete upper hand in the game. And you bring on maybe, like, your young 70-rated players, give them some minutes, that sort of thing. And then you know on FIFA when you're winning really, really well and you almost start kind of like, and it's like the 70th minute, obviously the game in FIFA is a lot shorter than this this real football game. And you start almost mucking about and like trying little flicks and like, can I flick the ball into the box and try and volley? You try and just like, you know you've won the game so you muck about a bit. It's almost what Man City started doing of like, can we just start, should we just start practicing a bunch of stuff? And for Manchester City to do that in a Manchester derby, 
that that's that's worse than than bad because that just shows the complete levels of difference and like i said i think ralph's done a a good a good job with what he's got and what he's got is definitely not what he needs or wants there's no way anybody could say that he's got what he needs or wants in this team whether it's the structure of the club or just simply the selection of players there's no way there's no way that anybody involved with man united could be like yeah this is the squad that we want we like this team and I I would I would agree. There's parts of, there's parts of this team I really like. Players in this team I really like and think are actually very good. But there's other players where you're just like, nah, just just get rid of them. And I tell you something. M- myself and many other Man United fans have moaned about the midfield because our midfield is particularly bad. Whether it's McTominay and Fred or wh- whoever it is, and it's usually McTominay and or Fred. Usually, right? I mean, we all love Matic in midfield, but we know he can't play all the time. But it's usually a combination of McTominay and or Fred. Obviously, we have both of them today. Watching Man City's midfield just knock the ball around like they just... I don't know. It's almost like Man City were playing this game on like semi-pro or something. And we had it on like ultimate difficulty with competitor mode on. You know, it's just the the levels of difference. Um, yeah, it was just. I, I mean, this is one of them weird games where, like, okay, Man City scoring a few goals. I'm, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't like um, shocked. But every now and again in this game, where somebody, a player, does a particularly bad thing that sticks out. Being like, oof, what was what was that? Or, as I've kind of noted at some points this season, some of our players' ability to just pass the ball or control the ball. And you just think, like, what was why why can't you make the pass? And I look at I look at the way something as simple as passing, right? Which obviously a fundamental thing of football. I look at the way that Man City pass, the confidence. Some of them aren't even looking at their feet when they're passing the ball. Some of them are doing no-look passing. Some of them are doing different types of passing. They're they're out there experimenting with the different passes they can do. And even in a lot of situations where a Man United player would run towards one of theirs to like try and close them down or Pava sort of close them down. Man City have got this ability to just like... They know where each other is at all the time. And like, let's just say for a random example, De Bruyne has got the ball. And Bernardo Silva is behind him, diagonal to his right. He'll know. And it's just, like, we we get the ball sometimes, especially in this game, obviously, if we're focusing on this one. And we just sometimes don't look like we have a plan. Um... And there's two kind of elements that go into that, which is the general quality of the player who's kicking the ball and the level of coaching that player has gotten, and obviously the the team itself. Um, but more, more so with just... <coughs> I mean... The, the thing you've got to always remember is, like, all Ralph can do at the end of the day is coach these these guys when they're on the training pitch of, like, okay, this is what I want us to do... And then the coaches try and implement it. And obviously they try and work on things, right? But whether... Pick out any Manchester United player. Whether Rashford makes a five-yard pass or makes a good decision or gets a shot on target. Ralph can't control that. Like when the player's actually on the ball in the moment in, in a big Manchester derby. He can't control that. Neither could Ollie, neither could Alex Ferguson, neither could David Moyes, neither could anybody... That doesn't work like that. Um... So it's just like I I looked at obviously the team sheets before they come out. Obviously, I always do that, and I looked at their midfield. Um, and they've got De Bruyne, Rodri, Spinardo Silva, Mares. They didn't actually play with the. There wasn't any strikers on the pitch today. Uh, De Bruyne, Rodri, Silva, Mares, Foden, Grealish, and like I think Grealish is overrated, but. Aside from that, and I'm like, wow, 
the technical ability you've got in that team, but the discipline that they've got as well. And we've got McTominay, Fred, Pogba and Bruno Fernandes. Okay, Pogba and Bruno Fernandes. Very good players. But, yeah. And I look at the I looked at the talent today of, like, I suppose the two that stuck out to me were Foden and Bernardo Silva, who were sort of similar types of players. But Bernardo Silva is just on another, a completely different level of quality to me. I've always thought he was good. Him and his brother. I think it's his brother, David Silva. Phenomenal footballers. Ah, oh, the the just the, the everything a midfielder of their type needs to be good at. They're just just cleaning house in in, in terms of in terms of that. Um, and I was trying to think as well. Um, I was sort of thinking after full time and at half time. Have we got any players like that? Now we do like. Bruno and Pogba can be sort of flair players at certain points. They're not the same type of player as Foden. I don't think we've got anybody like Foden and Silva. I mean, the closest we probably got is Mata. And... No, I was going to say Lingard. That would have been a stupid thing to say. Lingard's nothing like... <laughs> Lingard's nothing like them players. Um, Juan Mata's really the only one, really. So, yeah... Anyway, some of my general thoughts on the game. Um, I'll get into, obviously, but player ratings is going to be very, very easy today. Like, probably one of the shortest ones I've had, <laughs> I've done. Um, I mean, I say that now, who who knows what might happen. Uh, I'm trying to remember all these goals, actually. Um, so the first one we've got is, um, I think it was the cross into the box. I do have the highlights video here, so I can just quickly... Recap myself. Just give me a second. So their first goal. Yeah, it's the one that I was thinking that it was. Um, so this is the one that their first goal. It's where Silva, speaking of Bernardo Silva, turns three players. I think it's McTominay, Maguire and Wambasaka. No, not Maguire. Lindelof and Wambasaka. And this is what I'm talking about with like quality of midfield. I don't think any of our players could do what he did. Maybe Pogba, maybe. Um, if Mata was five years younger, he could possibly do it. I think Bernardo Silva's about 28 or so. No, about 25, 28, something like that. Um, turns around three of our players. And um, actually kind of helps to look at um, the video of the goal as I'm talking about it. Uh, he turns the three players just sort of doesn't really do entirely that much he just kind of moves past them in like a circle sort of thing and we don't manage to get a foot in there's a pass across which goes across fred is in the box he can't get to it Maguire's there and tellers has been pulled way in um inside um mares is like completely clear obviously mares isn't involved in this goal and basically all that happens is one one kind of swift big move which is Bernardo Silva gets the ball he turns three of our players um, who are all defensive players because we're playing with a back six in this game uh, crosses the ball nobody for some reason is marking De Bruyne now Maguire's right there I think the ball went through I think this is the one where the ball went through Maguire's legs Tellez is nowhere near it but then Bernardo um, not Bernardo Silva Kevin De Bruyne gets the ball on the penalty spot pretty much and just tucks it away for an easy one nil one nil win. Um yeah, yeah, I've just I've just watched the, the bit of the goal again. Um yeah, this is the one where Maguire gets uh nutmegged backwards, I think. So there's your first goal. Um I mean Maguire could block the shot, we could stop the cross, and as I've said on multiple episodes this season, probably previous seasons as well. One of the most common ways we've conceded goals in the last couple of years is from crosses. And that is another goal where we don't stop the cross. Three players don't stop the cross. Nobody manages to even get anywhere near the ball once it's crossed. Maguire walks backwards towards the hair for some reason. He fails to block the shot. Tellers is nowhere near it. Tellers, granted, is the left back. So he's going to be... Technically, technically he's going to be the furthest player from this goal. Uh, McTominay doesn't do anything, Fred doesn't get there. It's it's not an individual error kind of goal. I mean, you can put some of this on Maguire because he didn't block the shot, but then we should have blocked the cross before that. 
But again, just just the going back to the confidence thing. I'm, I'm going to keep going back to that in this episode. The confidence of Bernardo Silva to even do that. But he knows he's got the ability to do it. And I know he's got the ability to do it. And you probably do. Because I'm watching Bernardo Silva do that particular move. And when he gets past our three of our players, I'm like, yeah, something Bernardo Silva would do. And that he'd be able to do. Whether or not he could do that against, like, arguably teams with better defences, I don't know. But um, it's it's the quality, it's the confidence that we just didn't have today. And also the work rate. That, that's something I, I I've didn't quite mention in the initial talk. Our work rate today, an absolute disgrace. Um, there was actually a period in... I know I'm kind of going through the summary, but I'll mix this all together. Um, there was a period about... It was when they were 2-1 up, because I think they were... Yeah, they were 2-1 up by half-time, weren't they? And there was some points in the second half when we still had loads of time. I mean, as Leeds demonstrated, what was it, two games ago? Because we played Watford and Leeds was before that, yeah. When we played Leeds about two weeks ago, they demonstrated that you can score two goals in a minute. In the space of like one minute. And we were only one goal behind. And we had, and when we had, I mean, in terms of even the later point in the game that I'm talking about, we had 45 minutes to get at least one goal um, and turn things around or get a draw. Um... And there was a legitimate point in this game, that's 75th minute roughly, 60, 70 minutes roughly, where the players just looked like they had stopped. They were just like, we're, we're just done. Like, they just they just looked like they were completely like, okay, we, 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 we can't do it. And it's like, if you're 2-1 down, even if you've got one minute left, even if it's added time... You keep going. This is a Manchester. I mean, you should do. You should work hard in every game, but this is a Manchester derby. The minimum that you can, you should expect from a Manchester derby, or in in, in any kind any kind of rivalry derby sort of game. But obviously, Manchester derby is a pretty big one. You expect at least some fight. Like obviously, we know we know in terms of player for player quality and coaching. Yes, Manchester City are better than us. Um, and that's not a nice thing for me to say, but it's it's true. I mean, I, all of their midfielders are better than most of ours. Um, aside from, like I said, maybe Pogba or Bruno, although Bruno was really bad today. I'll get into player ratings later. But, okay, if you haven't got the quality, which we they have got more than it than we have, at least, like, put in some work rate. And the team just looked like in the second half, like the later part of the second half, like they had just stopped. Not really given, well, given up slash stopped. They had just completely stopped. And I'd noticed it and I was thinking, okay, if they're doing that as players, what am I supposed to think as a fan watching this? And wanting them to at least, okay, yeah, you probably are going to lose this game. But at least go down swinging, you know. Um, But they didn't. Anyway, that was the first goal. Let me just skip forward in this video. Um, yeah, the ball goes through Maguire's legs. Then, um, a very, very good goal out of basically nothing. Um, we work the ball somehow through Man City's team. Through to Jadon Sancho. Obviously, this makes it 1-1. And cool, calm, collected uh, Jadon Sancho, which is what we, we know he's good at. Cuts inside at one point and just... Dips the ball into the bottom corner. Doesn't really smash the ball. He just kind of... You know those placed... You know those sort of curling placed shots. That are just caressed into the bottom corner. No, he didn't smash the ball. I mean, if he did and he scored, it wouldn't matter. But... um, It was interesting watching Sancho as opposed to everybody else in our team today. Because Sancho, whenever he had the ball... Never seemed to really panic like some of the rest of our players did. And, I mean, I love Ronaldo and everything. I think Sancho's our best player in this team. He's at least the one that's currently on the the best form. Um, and we know some of these other players can perform, but Sancho at the moment is just quite clear of them in terms of both quality and consistency and form. Um, he's really, really stepped up in 
I don't know how many games, the last good chunk of games that he's played now where he's really just stood out from the crowd or stood out from the rest of this team. Um, but yeah, he just gets the ball, just kind of glides past a couple of Man City players, cuts inside, shoots. The goal was a bit out of nowhere. And I loved his reaction, actually, if some of you um, caught it. He was just kind of calmly just like, yeah, scored. Um, Sancho's face, though, was a bit telling as to like, okay, I scored this goal, but... It is what it is, I guess. Um, but I don't know. It, it was it was a really well taken goal though, like a really really good goal. So uh, obviously we had no striker today. So uh, the likes of Alanga and Sancho had to do some of that work. So that was the other goal. Let me just skip forward in this video. Uh, the next goal. Oh yeah, this one. Um, so this was. I think Langer actually gave the ball away, obviously by accident. And one of the one of the city players heads it to so this makes it um two one. Um was it two one with this Foden goal? Um Oh no, two one was the De Bruyne goal. Um Oh yeah, no, I'm thinking Foden because he chipped the, the ball over the top, excuse me. Uh, De Bruyne obviously scoring this um, second goal. Phil Foden, however, making it 2-1, um, or helping to make it 2-1. He flicks the ball over Lindelof's head. Just about gets the space to get a shot off. Wan-Bissaka doesn't manage to tackle him. De Gea makes a save, and then the ball bounces around a bit. Maguire... Completely misses the ball. It goes through his leg. So Maguire's now been nutmegged twice in this game. Congratulations. And De Bruyne basically picks the ball up near enough the same spot as the first goal. And just pokes it in again. Nobody marking him. Um, in terms of where the back six were. I mean I mentioned um, three players there. McTominay just gets skipped past. So does Fred. Wambasaka doesn't manage to tackle Foden. Um, Foden runs through. Again confidence. Ball control. Pretty good shooting. Obviously, gets the shot on target, which is the main thing. Um, to have the uh, like the confidence, the audacity, the ball control, the skill to like flick the ball over a player's head, then also control it, then also get a shot off, while also holding another player off, which was um, Bissaka. Maguire manages to Maguire gets nowhere near anything. He doesn't he doesn't contest Foden for the ball. The ball goes through his legs when the ball comes back to him. I don't know why. I don't know why in this. Is, I mean, the the shot from De Bruyne in the first goal when it goes through Maguire's legs. That's different to what happens here. What happens here? De Gea makes a save. The ball gets bounced around a bit, and then the ball is going towards Maguire, and for some reason he lets the ball run through his legs. Now, if you're a defender in that type of situation, just boot the ball away from the goal. Whether you boot it out for a corner. Or you boot it forwards or to the side for a throw in. Kick that ball anywhere that isn't the goal. It's all, it's all you've really got to do. Even if you kick it into like one of your own players or one of their players. And it goes in. At least you've kicked the ball. Like that's the bare minimum you should ask for a player in that situation. Is just to kick the ball and attempt a clearance. Um... Whether you, you, you might clear the ball and it might go straight to a City player. At least you've kicked the ball. But he the ball... I don't know why it happens. But Maguire just has the ball run through his legs. For the second time in this game. Um, And I think there's another like save. Or something else that happens. And then De Bruyne just basically um uh, pokes it in for 2-1. For Huh. Alright, that was the 2-1 goal. Uh, where is the 3-1 goal? It was... This one from the corner. Right, so this one's from the corner. Here's where we got a marking problem. So, I can't remember who it was that took the corner. But one of the City players took a corner. And literally just... Kicks the ball all the way out to Mares, who's on the edge of the box. It's quite a simple goal, but it's one that should be easily defend, at least contested. There's no, con there's no, no one's contesting Mares in this goal. Um, I think it takes a small deflection off of Maguire as well. Um, obviously that's going to happen from time to time. Um, 
But simply put, one of the City players just crosses the ball in all the way to Mares, uh, who's a pretty good player as well. Um, and he just kicks on, on like a volley or whatever it was, just volleys the ball into the bottom corner. So what's the problem here? First of all, nobody's anywhere near Mares marking him. Somebody who's pretty deadly on his left foot, which we learned a few seconds later. And obviously, later again, at, at, at another point, with the fourth goal. Um, just, it, it does a bit of, um, what year was it? Uh, we played Bayern Munich one year in the Champions League. It was back when we had like Giggs and all these other players in the team. And they knocked us out on away goals, I think. And there was this goal that Robin scored, which was really, really similar to this one. Um, one of the Bayern players crossed the ball. I think he got headed out of the box. And then the ball bounces towards Robin. Of course, Iron Robin. Uh, or Iron, sorry. Uh, Robin. Uh, deadly left foot, obviously. You know, the typical kind of um, great Dutch left foot that a lot of Dutch players have got. You know, Van Persie and those sorts of players as well. Um, hit the ball straight into the bottom corner. Obviously, we had a completely different team back then. Um, but why does nobody mark Mara's? Why and like nobody really tries to block this properly. Maguire sort of gets in the way, but he gets in the way to the point where I mean, I know I said a minute ago, like at least kick the ball. That he doesn't kick the ball. The ball just hits his ankle and deflects slightly, and it goes in. Um, but why is nobody trying to block that shot, or why is nobody marking? Mares, you'd have thought one of the Man United players at least, at least, one of them, whoever it is, I don't care who it is, would be like, okay, sure, you mark your players who are in the box who might head the ball in the goal. But like, hey, they've got a, a player on the edge of the box who's pretty deadly at shooting, and, you know, just mark him. Um, I don't care, I don't care who goes over to mark him, just somebody, anybody, um... I mean, obviously, with players like Maguire, you ideally want him, uh, and maybe McTominay, who are both kind of tall players who might win the ball in the air. Okay, you want them in the box to uh, head the ball clear. But Fred, Lindelof, Tellez, Wampasaka, somebody to mark him. And he just, it's a really easy goal for Man City to score. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. But that's that's the third goal they score, and then the fourth one. Um, what was the fourth one again? Oh yeah, Cancelo tried some sort of shot. I'm just watching through, uh, flicking through the highlights. That could have been a goal. Uh, and then, where is this goal? This Mares one, right? So again, this is technically a like marking problem. This was almost ruled out as offside. So this is their fourth and last goal. Um, couple of pass, couple of passes breaking through our midfield really, really easily, and then the the the, the middle defend defenders. So you would say Lindelof, Maguire, Fred, McTominay, which is the area where this ball is being passed. Um, just cut through our players really, really easily. Pass the ball through to Mares, who again gets an easy chance on his left foot and tucks it away. By that point, the game was 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 more than done, obviously, but. Yeah, it's just, um, I think at that point it's just the case where, I don't even know, I don't even know, it's sort of just, sure, another goal. You know, what What difference does it, what difference does it make? <laughs> oh, God. Um, so yeah, that's the fourth goal. The ball does kind of unfortunately hit the side of De Gea's face. Um, gets rolled out offside initially, but then it's, um overturned i thought it was just about offside but those ones are so close that's where obviously var tries to um intervene oh i haven't gone through the subs because i was watching the highlight i was basically watching the highlights video there and just flicking through it and analyzing the goals right so let's rewind a little bit so 2-1 at half time uh substitutions because i need to talk about substitutions as well uh so 64 minutes so good in terms of the timing Lingard on for Elanga and Rashford on for Pogba. So it's a double substitution. Um, I don't agree with Elanga or Pogba getting taken off. Rashford I would have bought on maybe for Bruno in this game. 
Uh, I thought Bruno was trying too many of his Hollywood passes. There's a particular one that he did in this game that I distinctly remember. He tried to pass it across to like Wan-Bissaka and the ball just didn't even go far enough. Um, so that type of thing was happening. Pogba I thought was alright. Um, Alangra I thought was trying at least. Um, you know, still kind of like, you know, young player with some kind of poor decision making sometimes. But he was he was trying, he was doing some things. Uh, so I would have probably taken off McTominay for... Um, you haven't got Van der Beek. Matic, I suppose. Was Matic? Matic was on the bench, right? Um, yeah, I would have brought on Matic for McTominay. Just so he can get some sense of control in the midfield. Because, God almighty, we couldn't control the midfield. But then, you know, they've got Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, Gun, uh, not Gundogan, um, Rodri, Foden. You know, you're not expecting to really help the midfield when you've got that up against you. Um, yeah, I would have brought on Matic for McTominay, but then I wouldn't have actually started McTominay anyway. I would have started Matic, so there you go. Um, then I would have brought on Rashford for maybe Bruno. I would have kept Pogba on. I would have basically had a midfield then of Pogba... Fred, Matic, although screw it, may maybe you take off Fred and you bring on like Hannibal, somebody who maybe wants to try and impress and do something in this game, I mean I know it probably wouldn't be the right environment or the right game to bring Hannibal in, but just for something different, you know, give like... Because to, to be honest, by that point in the game, like I think I pointed that time point out earlier, like the 60th, 70th minute when this team had just basically given up. And when you've got the likes of Fred and McTominay and all these other sorts of players, and they've just kind of given up, maybe like bring on a young, hungry player at that point. I mean, why not? What, what else are you going to do? Lose 4-1? <laughs> you know? Um... I don't get what bringing Lingard on was going to do at all in this game. Um, we all know Lingard's time at May United is done. I hope he doesn't sign a contract extension. Just let his contract run out in the summer and just, just let him go. Um, and West Ham can pick him up if they want to. Uh, I would have possibly brought on Rashford just for like a bit of an impact sub with some pace maybe. Something. And I would have brought on... Yeah, I would have brought on probably Hannibal and, and Matic. Um, it's at least something different in the midfield. That's what you needed in this game was something different in the midfield, and that would have given that option, I think. Um, but because uh, yeah, Alanga and Pogba to me would have stayed on anyway. So I would have I would have made t subs obviously at that time. I would have brought Rashford on. Uh, but I would, the other three selections I would have made completely different choices. Then later on, um, wait, did we only make two subs? I thought we made three. Um, no, we only made two subs. Yeah, Alangaroff and Pogbaroff. Huh. Because there's another one listed here, but that's um, going to go on for De Bruyne. So, there you go. That's the summary, pretty much. Says Maguire, yellow card at some certain point for whatever that was. Probably some stupid tackle. Alright, that's it for the summary and whatnot. Let's get into housekeeping and then player ratings. I'll see you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link
If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, there's a new little Batman film out. Some of you might be aware. Um, I went and reviewed it on uh, Friday. I gave it a don't skip rating. I liked it. Thought it was good. Um, but not enough to really give it a um, a must-see kind of rating, of course. Uh, the first half of that is spoiler-free. So if you've not gotten out to see The Batman yet, obviously the uh, reboot starring Robert Pattinson, directed by one Matt Reeves, um, you can still listen to the first half of that even if you haven't seen the film itself. So that's The Batman. Uh, it's always a you know exciting time when we get a new Batman film. Uh, other things, I decided to do a podcast called Ranting About YouTube Problems, which does exactly what I said in the title. Pointing out specific features and things which really should work on YouTube that just don't, from a viewer side of things uh, specifically. And there's, there's a podcast I've been meaning to do for a while, but then I sort of reached a point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to talk about... How some of these things on YouTube just don't work. Some of which other people have mentioned before as well. These have been problems that have been on YouTube for years. Uh, It's not a new thing. It's more of an ongoing thing for some reason. So there's that. Uh, Walking Dead still continuing. Season 11. Episode 10 is the newest one. We'll be reviewing episode 11 on Wednesday. So stick around for that. We've got 6 episodes left of the B side of season 11. I uh, did a podcast called First ASMR Attempt. A lot of people have asked me. I've, I've spoken about ASMR a bunch of times. I did a month of Positive Creators on ASMR um, artists, uh, which is a art form that I have a lot of respect for and that sort of thing. And a bunch of people asked me, you seem you know, really passionate about ASMR. Uh, would you ever try it yourself? And they, some people said, I've quite a lot of people have said I've got a calm voice. Maybe not on this particular episode because it's, you know, Man United. Uh, being beaten for one but for the majority of the time apparently I have a calm voice so I thought you know what why don't I just try it at least once so I did that if you want to go and listen to what that is maybe some of you don't know what ASMR is or have never never experienced it or maybe you know what it is and all that kind of stuff so you can check that out if you want to uh, over on the chat podcast for talking about February of 2022 which was another good month for entertainment talk I also talked about the situation in Ukraine at the moment so we all know kind of what's going on there did another Why You Should Watch episode. This is for HBO's hit TV show called Euphoria. Uh, so it doesn't need a Why You Should Watch episode. But there might be people out there that haven't seen the show. Maybe they're not aware of it, etc, etc. I also wanted to take an opportunity to talk about the show. Its qualities, who's in it, what it's about, what platform it's on. Uh, it's entirely spoiler free. Um, so I really enjoyed uh, talking about the qualities of Euphoria. So that's a Why You Should Watch episode for Euphoria. Uh, over on the Marvel side of things, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is coming out soon. So not a review, but I did a preview podcast. What I expect from the film, what I think might happen within the story, who might show up. It's a bit of a cameo, heavy-centric sort of film, possibly. So I discussed who might show up and all that kind of stuff as well. Gaming talk last week, we talked about Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game, underperforming. Call of Duty skipping 2023. Uh, for the first time in about 19 years. And there's an update for Sifu. Uh, Nil Nil Watford podcast obviously. I did a skip review. Um, rating for Uncharted. There's an entirely spoiler free review. Um, so you can check that out. That's obviously based on the video game series. And that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. By searching for Entertainment Talk. I'm guessing you've done one of those two things, which is how you found us. 
Alright, um, so how am I going to do this? So my man of the match, I, I, I like pointing out my man of the match first, sometimes I forget to. My man of the match is Sancho. Um, I would give him a 8. Uh, I thought his goal was really well taken, really quite awesome goal and everything. Um, his calmness on the ball, all, all, all the good things I already talked about within his goal, you know, his confidence... He just wasn't obviously helped out by his teammates. Um, so yeah, man of the match, an 8. is a pretty easy choice for me. And then what I'm going to do is Fred, McTominay, Wambasaka, Lindelof, Maguire and Tellez. So our back six all get a 0. All of them. If anybody can tell me why I should give any of those players a 1, you can feel free to do so. You're not going to necessarily change my mind. And I've already said it anyway. But just mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. Four goals, a lack of marking, lack of any sort of composure. Uh, I guess I'm, so I'm speaking on the defence as a whole. Uh, not picking up runners, not marking people, not marking people at the end at the um, outside the box who might take who might um, have a shot. Um, getting the ball flicked over the head with Lindelof, Maguire letting the ball run through his legs twice. By getting nutmegged with a shot, by failing to block it, and then letting the ball run through him without clearing it. Uh, Wambasaka not contesting Foden at all for the goal. Um, Tellez not helping either. Um, although it was interesting with Tellez, right? Because Man City did try and attack our, our right-hand side. So they attacked their left-hand side, our right-hand side, most of the time. Which did target the likes of McTominay... Lindelof and Wambasaka, and obviously kind of Fred as well. Um, so Maguire, which is weird because Maguire still made a ton of mistakes, but most of their attacks went down our right hand side. So trying to target Wambasaka, so Tellers wasn't Tellers was the least involved defender just because the ball was on the other side of kind of the pitch. Um. But still could possibly have helped more than more than what he did. I don't know. It, it's an awkward one with the Telus thing. But um, yeah. I, I'd still give him a zero anyway. Um, and even when Mares did attack down the right hand side. He was still very very poor against him. Um, or even when De Bruyne had the ball over that side a few times. And that sort of thing. But just complete calamity in terms of defending. There's no reason to give any of them a score. So I'm going to give all of them a zero basically. Um, and just made the game. I mean, man, did Matt? If you're gonna do car metaphors, what gear would you say Man City are in? Five being like on their absolute best, one being like hardly trying. I would say they were probably in gear two at points, gear three, and I would say that point when we scored and we kind of did shake them up slightly for about five minutes. They were maybe in gear 4 for about 5 minutes. But we were in gear 1 this whole game. And they were in... Because if, if you just watch the calmness of them on the ball. The way that they're just strolling the ball around with passes. And just... even See what Man City were doing as well. Is even when there were times where there wasn't space. Which wasn't often. Or their passing lanes were cut off slightly. They would just like pass the ball left to right a little bit for 20-30 seconds roughly. And then they would just, once they did that we wouldn't know what they were going to do. And then they would just start picking off little passes here and there. Getting this little bit of build up play going. And then quite a few times what actually ended up happening was they would get the ball in the middle to De Bruyne. Because De Bruyne was like charging through the middle so many times. It happened a lot of times. And that wasn't their main tactic, but sometimes what they what they ended up doing in this game was just left to right, do a little bit left to right passing. But see, it is it is one of the differences I've just I've just sort of noticed. You know how a lot of times in the past I've complained about our sideways backwards passing, which we still do. We just don't do it as much as we used to, although we still do it too much at certain points. How you can effectively do that is when you have the confidence to do do this particular thing. Is when you've got their, their back four passing. And they did have to pass it back at certain points. But then they passed it back to their goalkeeper. And very easily just like played out from the back. It was just easy for them anyway. 
what we end up doing sometimes is doing backward sideways passes because we don't know sometimes when and where to move the ball forward, when to make the forward pass. What Man City ended up doing at a lot of points was passing the ball around between their back four slowly, calmly, collective, you know, quality, knowing where each of their teammates are, all that kind of thing. But as they're doing it, they would slowly move up the pitch, very, very slowly move up the pitch, up and up and up the pitch. And they're creating a higher line as they're going up, higher and higher and higher. But they weren't worried about us hitting them on the break because even when we did at times, they quite easily recovered. So it's sort of this case for Man City, I think, where they were passing it sideways, a couple of forward passes, some sideways passes, just kind of, just kind of easing their way into attack because there was no panic from them. And then they would slowly move their team forward, slowly, slowly move their team forward, and then they, then they'd start getting a little bit faster. They'd start picking off some passes a little bit faster. Then at a lot of points in the game, they would find that bit of space in the middle in the midfield. Pass it to De Bruyne and then they'd just launch forward. And then that's when they'd be on the attack and they'd be really deadly. Still with all the calm collective sort of confidence that they've got. That's what they kept on doing. And we had no idea how to stop them. Uh, so there you go. But anyway, those players will get a, will get a zero. The Hayer I would give an average 6-2. Um, why I would do? I know he let in four goals, most of which weren't his fault. Okay, maybe he could have done a bit better on the Mara. That the last Mara shot, it did sort of hit his face, kind of thing. Um, he still saved a lot of shots though. That's that's the weird thing about the goalkeeper situation is okay. We let in four goals. One of them he could possibly have done a bit better with. He still saved a lot of shots. A lot of shots, probably about five or six shots he saved in this game. So it could have been you're talking four, five, six nil uh or one whatever you wanna you wanna say uh, so that's why i give him an average six um alanga i would give a six two as well i thought he at least tried um did a couple of good things in the attack here and there obviously he's still a young developing player we can only use that excuse for so long but he's literally just kind of broken through to the first team um through like the youth system and all that kind of thing um, but I thought he did he did all right. I thought he looked to do some positive things in this game. Um, Fred, uh, no, I've already given his rating. Pogba, I would give a six two as well. I thought he was good at certain points. Um, but me saying me me giving like Pogba and Alanga a six in this game is like saying, okay, the others were terrible. You lot weren't as bad, and you tried a bit harder. Basically, that's what I'm sort of saying. Um, Bruno Fernandez, I would give him Bruno Fernandez a two, maybe. Um, and uh, one of the issues with Bruno again in this game was sort of that the the Hollywood passes. He's got to cut that shit out. It's so annoying. Um, and I think in these types of games where we're being completely overrun. I think what he's maybe got on his mind is like tr- just trying trying to do that special something and kicking the team kind of on. I don't know. It's like like when I talk about Sancho trying and Alanga trying, Bruno's method of trying at certain points in the wrong way is like I'm gonna boot the ball across the other side of the pitch so I can make a spectacular pass that's his method of in these types of games that's his method of like trying and I'm not talking about in big games I'm talking about in big games when we're getting completely overrun in midfield um and it's like you just in these games you just gotta keep it simple you just gotta just try and just get a bit of pass and move going Try and get the ball first, obviously. <laughs> but just try and get a bit of pass and move going. You don't need to be whacking the ball across the other side of the pitch. Um, do that if your teammate's in space. Yes, if if like Sancho or Langer is like running in behind the defence, then do it. But not just because, oh, my teammate's the other side of the pitch, so I'm just going to boot the ball over there. Because um, Man City were cutting that out so easily in this game. So, yeah. Uh, substitutes, um, I'd probably give Lingard and Rashford a zero as well, I thought they both didn't do anything, so, yeah. 
Uh, so to read out the rest of the bench, uh, we had Eric Bailey, who I definitely would have played in this game. This this is like Eric Bailey, somebody who loves to get stuck in. Um, and although Varane wasn't, he was injured. I think today you take you, you got to like take Maguire out and put Bailey in this game. Um, and yeah, he might get himself into a situation where he gets injured, but I I guarantee you he would have at least tried. He would have gotten stuck in. That's the type of player Eric Bailey is. And it's really, really sad at the moment that we're not using him enough. And when I get into conversations with people online, which is not always something that you should do, and people try to say, like, oh, who's our best centre-back pairing? You know, it's a debate that's ongoing, of course. And I always say Varane and Bailey is our best pairing. And then maybe use Lindelof in a CDM position. So that if Lindelof loses the ball... You at least have two very good centre-backs behind him. Um, But the thing is, right... Okay, yeah, Bailey gets injured quite a lot. But when he's available, when he's on the bench... Which has been a lot of games this season... Why aren't we using him? Like, what? Like, he's not injured for these games. (laughs) Okay, yes, you know, if a player's injured, he's not available. Sure, then you can't play him. But he's been on the bench a lot of times this season. I don't know why we've not used him. Um... Because the thing I love most about him, he, he does just get stuck in. And I, I that's what I want my def- the defenders in this team to do, is to try to get stuck in. He, he blocks shots, he gets he gets in the way of players, you know. And that's something we could really have used in this game. Anyway, um, Delo was on the bench. No idea why Delo was dropped. Um, Henderson, Jones, Lingard, Mata, uh, Matic, Hannibal, Medbury, and uh, Marcus Rashford were on the bench today. So, there you go. Alright, um, let me update you all on the league table. I, I, I don't do that all the time, but things have changed, so let's let's update the league table. Let's not talk about Man City, Liverpool or Chelsea. Let's just, let's just forget about them for a second. Although, um, Man City are now a few points clear. Um, right, so Arsenal, who are fourth, we were fourth before today. Arsenal have played 25 games. They have got 48 points. Man United have played 28 games. So, 6, 7, 8. They've played 3 more games than us. Like, cleanly 3 more games than us. Like, there's no games um, we played today. That was our 28th game that we played today. So, they got 3 games in hand over us. Which is a potential 9 points. Obviously, they might not win all of them. I don't know who they've got. For those games, I know that we've got them soon. Um, and they they are they so they are one point clear of us. They they won today. They want they had the two. I think they had the two o'clock kickoff against um was it Watford or someone. Uh, they have got forty eight points and have played twenty five games. I don't know why they've only played twenty five games because Arsenal have had no European football this season. So I don't know what's going on. But anyway, twenty five games they played forty eight points, one point clear. We played twenty eight games, so we played three games more than more than them. And we are one point behind them. So let's say they win those three games. And even if we win more of our games. When they catch up to us on 28 games. Whenever that's going to be. They could be 10 points clear of us. Because 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Three, the three games they've got in hand. 9 points. They're already 1 point ahead of us. So 10 points. They could be 10 points clear of us. Uh, at some point soon. So there's 38 games in the season. We've got 10 games left. They've got 13 games left. So that's the situation that's ended up in. West Ham, they've played 28 games as well. They are 6th. Uh, by the way, we don't want to be finishing 6th. Because do, do you know what finishing 6th means? It means we qualify for the Conference League. And we don't want that. We we, we, we don't we don't want that. You, you don't want Manchester United in the Conference League. Tottenham can be in the Conference League. That's fine. That's Tottenham. We don't want to be in the Conference League. So how close is that to happening? We have played 28 games. We're on 47 points. They're on 28 games. And they've only got 45 points. So they are two behind us. I think we've got them to play one more time this season. Which we don't want to be losing that game. Um, And then... Right, so 7th spot. Uh, Tottenham have also only played 25 games. London teams are lazy, aren't they? They don't play all their games. Uh... (laughs) Tottenham have played 25 games. 
So again, they've got the three. They've got the same situation as Arsenal. However, they are five points behind us with the potential for nine points. Uh, we've probably got to play them soon as well, and they've got forty-two. So that's the teams that are kind of around us. Wolves. Don't worry about Wolves for now. Uh, they're on twenty-seven games played, forty points. So they're a bit behind us. Um. So here, here's the rest of the situation. The rest of the season situation for Manchester United. So we're still in the Champions League. That that next game, which is not is not midweek, this upcoming week, it's next week. Uh, that's obviously a one-one, no away goal rule. So that's basically a one-off game now, the Atletico Madrid game, where we played them at Old Trafford. Yes. Um. So that's that situation. I think that's round of 16. So I think next round, if we get through, would be quarterfinal. Somebody correct me, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, so that's that one. So we've got 10 games left. I've already explained the Arsenal situation and the Tottenham situation. So, top four, obviously, one, two, three, four spots. That's your Champions League qualification. Forget about first spot, because obviously we're not getting there. Fifth spot is qualification for the Europa League, which was the competition we almost won last season. Sixth spot is uh, qualification for the Conference League. We don't want that because that will be just another level of embarrassment. And I want to ask some of you this as well. Let's say we finish sixth and we win the Conference League. Wouldn't it be weird if we went, yes, we won the Conference League? How weird does that sound? Like, yeah, Conference League, just that name... Is just you don't want to be. I know I've said a trophy's a trophy, but eh, it's the Conference League. Like, yeah, you don't want you don't want to be in that. You don't want to be you don't want to be in that. So, yeah. So, we either start climbing fast, and we somehow beat Arsenal to fourth spot, even though they're already there. We finish fifth and we get Europa League. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It wouldn't be good though. Or we slip a bit further and we finish 6th and get Conference League. Or, let's say we have a bad run of 10 our next 10 games. It would be better for... If you would ask me right now... Okay, Matt, you can either finish 6th and get into Conference League or finish 7th and have no European football. Make us finish 7th. Because I, I don't want to be like, hey, welcome to United Cars. This is our the Conference League game. I don't want the Conference League. I don't think anybody does. Tottenham didn't. Tottenham didn't care about the Conference League. Um, but there is a danger that we could finish sixth. But it would literally weirdly be better for us to finish seventh than it would be for us to finish sixth because, sure, we would have no European football. But yeah, it's kind of worked for Arsenal, hasn't it? Not having Europa League, not having um, European football. Because they had less fixtures, and even though they've not played all of the ones that they are supposed to for some reason, uh, that's probably some sort of COVID delays or something. Uh, it's worked out for Arsenal this season, and maybe you know, I was going to say this at a certain point in this episode. There's a lot of players that need to leave this team, and there's a lot of players that are going to be leaving this team in the summer because of their contracts, likes of Cavani, Pogba, Lingard, um, Ronaldo will probably leave if we don't get top four. There's then we won't have a striker. Uh, who else? This contract is running out. Lingard, Pogba, Cavani. Um, and obviously we got to see what we're going to do about like Van der Beek, Martial, those sorts of players. Hopefully we keep Van der Beek. Um, so yeah, that's the situation at the moment. Um, could we win the Champions League? Sure, there's nothing stopping us. Like we're not, we're still in it, so we can still win it. Are we likely to win the Champions League? Mm, not not if we play like this. Um, so we just have to see how the rest of this the rest of the season goes. We're at sort of the um, end game point of this season now. Ten games to go in the league. Uh, there's only a certain amount of points left. But there we go. So anyway, I've said a lot of things about a lot of different Man United stuff. Um, you've probably got some thoughts yourself. If you want to write in, let me know what those are. Do you agree, disagree with my different points? What do you think about what I said about, you know, Man City and their confidence on the ball? Um, yeah, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. 
If you're on the website version of the episode, you can see a big email box, which a lot of you use, which is great. Um, you can use that as well. There's also a clickable email name in your show notes as well. So check that out if you'd like to. So that's that. Um, thank you very much for listening. I will see you all next, I believe it's Saturday, um, for the Tot. Oh, that is against Tottenham, isn't it? Christ. Oh, God. Oh god. Um right, so Tottenham's the next one. I think that's on Saturday half five and then it's either gonna be Tuesday or Wednesday. My guess is gonna be Wednesday for that long awaited Atletico Madrid game. Those are the next two and of course I'll update after I replay those two games. I'll see you all Saturday for that. In the meantime, you can see everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, Magician Night Podcast, so take a look at that as well. <laughs> Uh, if you want to support the podcast, if uh, an entertainment talk, that would be great. You can do that either by listening to more episodes, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk. You can find the episodes that way. You can also tell other people as well. Um, hey, if they're Man City fans that want to have a laugh, sure, send it to them as well. Uh, if it's for Man United fans that want to join in for that reason or just any other people that are interested in possibly the content just tell them either by just telling them normally what we do and where they can find us or social media share the episodes around on those platforms as well patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers add free podcast review options take a look at that as well uh tv and film news david's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk geektown radio uh, Geek Town Radio episodes drop on Tuesdays, so TV renewals, film, TV news, that kind of stuff, air update information, so find out when your shows are coming back. Bex is still streaming basically daily over on Twitch, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and give her a follow over there, doing lots of really, really good stuff. Um, you can find me on Twitch as well, E2UK, I did try to stream some stuff today, but it didn't quite work um but i will sort that out soon twitch etalk uk for my different game streams you can find those archive later on youtube entertainment talk plays uh, you can also find the um cod clips and stuff like that i did update some of them i think i've still got some more to put on there as well just lots of fun interesting stuff that happens on cod uh some wild situations so check that all out youtube entertainment talk plays thanks for listening let's go and relax and uh yeah thanks for listening and i'll see you all uh either saturday or hopefully before that for other episodes cheers and i'll see you next time goodbye